Hi everyone, welcome back to the Bill Broadcast podcast. Today's episode is episode 16 and we have a really special episode today. We are joined by Professor Tansy Jessup, the Pro-Vice-Chancellor for Education and Tansy has really kindly um, said that she'll join us and share some of her experiences at Bristol so far. So um, Tansy, it would be really great if you could just introduce yourself and give a bit of a background as, as you know to your career. Thanks very much, Amy. It's great to be with you on this uh, podcast, Build Podcast, my first ever podcast, so really exciting. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 in relation to my background, you can hear I'm South African, so I grew up in South Africa. Um, I started my career as a secondary school teacher. Uh, I taught history and English, um, a bit of Latin. And then when I came to the UK and did a PhD, I got really interested in teacher development. So I worked um, with rural primary teachers and thinking about how teachers actually grow and develop in the profession and get excited about their teaching. My own university career, I, I probably only have about three or four memorable lectures or seminars that stick in my mind out of you know many degrees, many universities. And I guess I'm really interested in how we... Um, make our teaching memorable, powerful and impactful. So yeah. I, I think I think there's quite a lot of wasted time that doesn't actually connect with students. So I'm excited about that. Um, in the UK, I've worked in two universities. I worked at Winchester University, which is sort of cathedrals, group, uh, small, um, boutique. A university with which is quite externally facing, given a smallness, and launched a lot of really interesting projects. It's where I got my first main career break, which was around transforming the experience of students through assessment, okay. the tester project, and got to meet Graham Gibbs through it, and he really became my mentor. So for me, um, Winchester's been a springboard for lots of interesting and exciting projects. We also had a really interesting student engagement project called React, which uh, we ran, which was, was fab. So um, I worked there, and then for the last three years before coming to Bristol, I worked at Solent University, which is you know completely different from Bristol yeah. in the sense that it's applied, innovative, new, not you know pockets of good research, but not pervasive research. Mm-hmm. Much more applied university with a maritime school, and you know all sorts of um, new kinds of courses, and you know not a top-tier university in the traditional sense, but really creative and exciting. Uh, and there we did, um, we rolled out a curriculum framework, which I found a fascinating process. So coming to Bristol, what's different about Bristol? That's yeah. your next question, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Jump the gun there. Jump the gun. <laughs> um, I suppose for me, um, what's been really exciting about Bristol is the sense that um, in this research-intensive university, there is a, a culture of being quite alternative. I think um, sometimes. In what sense, alternative? Well, sort of alternative in the sense of quite leading edge around um, sustainability, yeah. around thinking about green agendas, political agendas. Bristol being a city that thrums with the alternative in the mm. music scene, and yeah. you know, so culturally, Bristol University on the one hand is quite funky and alternative. On the other hand, it's um, it's got decades of quite traditional uh, yeah. approaches, mm-hmm. and you know there's a sense in which 
it's quite a long stay university. There are lots of people who've been around a long time. Yeah. And there's a sense of sedimentation as well as funkiness. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's quite an interesting place to be because on the one hand, it's got rich foundations and cornerstones that are, you know, built on tradition. Mm. On the other hand, it's got this incredible alternative culture. Yeah. So I find that really exciting. For me as, a, as an educationist, I find... Uh, I'm pushing on an open door. There's a sense in which there's a real vision and grip around getting, I mean, in one sense, it's about parity between research and teaching. And in another sense, it's just getting a culture of excitement around learning and teaching. Mm -hmm. It began with your organization, with the Bristol Institute for Learning (laughs) and Teaching. And the sense that built has started to build up a lot of capital around teaching and learning and you know we're now bringing in the staff development to build so you know the create team and I think there's a real march towards um, culture change around uh, learning and teaching around education I think that's exciting one of the exciting things about Bristol is the research rich and research intensive environment because I think there's a really interesting piece around how we join up research and teaching instead of, you know, compete for space. Yeah. I, I think the research-rich environment must lead to a much deeper engagement for students around doing research, being curious, being stimulated. Yeah. Um, and we've got to try and help um, bring that about and not be a research-intensive university where uh, people research minute areas of their discipline and then mm. teach them endlessly, but where we invite students into a partnership on yeah. research. I think that's the excitement for me. Yeah, I think that's definitely, yeah. I'm noticing that more. And there's a real disparity across the different faculties and students that feel that they are undertaking research as part of their degree as well. We've just had the, the Beaker, the Bristol the Bristol, the British Conference for Undergraduate Research applications come in and there are, there are about four times as many life sciences applications as there oh, are from interesting. arts. Um, interesting. And it's just because the students, they don't see what they're doing as research as much in the same yeah. way. So I think it's a lot about just voicing, you yes. know, and, yes. and bringing the dialogue about what they're doing into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I noticed that when your student fellow spoke on the panel at Education Emily, Committee, yeah. Emily spoke and she said the thing about arts students is they don't know they're doing research when they're yeah, doing it. You yeah. know? So it's making the tacit explicit in terms of their experience as researchers and helping um, uh, people maybe in, in the Faculty of Arts where they're not such um, tight confines around research methods begin to articulate what it looks like in their discipline. Exactly. Yeah. One, one student at one of the Beaker <coughs> workshop, workshops said, I don't, I don't have a methodology, I just do reading. And it's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it is happening. It is just about me vocalizing it a little yeah, bit more, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so you've been at Bristol now. Is it six months? Five and a half. Five yeah. and a half months. Five, five months, two weeks. <laughs> and you've almost finished your first teaching block. Yes. Um, okay, so let's talk about what are your what do you feel are your biggest successes so far? What have you enjoyed the most? Oh, enjoyed the most definitely. I think the development of the cu- curriculum framework, yeah. the curriculum cafes, your beautiful design of <laughs> houses, um, <laughs> the sense of excitement that's generated, and now really the work begins in terms of implementing that. Okay. And we hope that'll be as exciting. I hope it will be as exciting, and in a sense begin to tease out the principles and the values in the framework in particular disciplines where they'll have autonomy to think about how that looks in their discipline. Okay. So we've, we're doing our first curriculum festival in January and we've got a few programs teed up um, and that's exciting. So the curriculum framework's been really exciting. This, the second most exciting bit of work I think has been 
the fast track version yeah. of Tester. Mm. I mean, that's generated mm. huge discussion and excitement. So it's a kind of it's a kind of mock uh, exercise with Tester, much quicker, which is why it's fast track. And it it involves a workshop with final year students where you collect data around, and it's collected on cards and flip charts and whatever, around their experience of the really brilliant things in a program and mm. the stuff that's not working so well. Yeah. Uh, and we take that and we inflect it back. We bring it back to the program teams and say, you know, this is what your students seem to be saying. And we, we do that in, in quite a lively PowerPoint where they also tell us what they think is going well. Um, and then uh, we give them some quick win tactics. We look at the literature and we look at stuff that's proven that, you know, I and other members of the team have done and works. Yeah. And they could adapt or they bring their own practice to it. And we try and get teams to commit to new ways of practice through the process of hearing what students are saying. The, the team thing really matters. That's the heart of the tester yeah. process. It's about a, a whole team approach rather than a couple of brilliant individuals doing fantastic things. It's about saying, actually, as a team, how do we do this? How do we design the curriculum? How do we design assessment? How do we do daring pedagogies? That's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the real heart of it because I think we can take better risks together than individuals taking risks. People are frightened to take individual risks, so it's... And, and it's about creating that space for teams to come together as yes. well. There is, there's nothing formalised at the moment. And even, yeah. though, you know, fast tester is not a process that you have to go through, but yeah. there isn't that space at the moment for teams to come together and, yeah. and talk about their assessment and their programme. And yeah, I think that's right. I think some, some programmes talk more, you know, some programmes yeah. have uh, team meetings and that others don't. So it's very, it's, 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 it's one thing I've noticed about Bristol is the... Um, there's a lot of um, local practice, a lot of different autonomies operating all over the show. Yeah. And that has its virtue, but I think it means that sometimes people don't get the same experience. And yeah. We don't want to homogenize in teaching and learning, but we want to ensure that there are ways, you know, there are good things we all seem seek to do. Yeah. Yeah. So going going back to that slightly and going back to what you said about the curriculum framework, for anyone listening who hasn't seen the, yeah. the new curriculum framework, yeah. can you briefly just go through it? You know, yeah, in the yeah, okay, yeah. real. Okay, so the, the nub of the curriculum framework is the idea that education is not a transaction. It's countercultural yeah. in higher marketized higher education, it's become a bit of a transaction in some people's minds. And really what we want to do is press home the idea that it's about making a difference, that it's about transformation. It's about changing the way students think, know, uh, and even how they, you know, how they act in the world, the sense that it actually captures a journey where students undergo some sorts of transformations. Um, So that's the first thing. There are three main elements to the framework. Uh, Underlying it's the idea that going to universities and it's, it's about an intellectual endeavor that actually you learn new things in a discipline you're curious about. It's exciting. The second area is that it's not just about an intellectual journey. It's about personal development. It's about how you grow yeah. as a person, particularly if you are a first-time undergraduate. You know What happens in those three or four year, years to you as a person? How do you grow and develop, and how can universities facilitate that? The growth of your confidence, the sense of uh, resilience, the sense of knowing um, how to make judgments sometimes without all the facts, um, and also knowing how to work in a community. So sense of belonging is one of the okay. elements of the framework. So it's about intellectual um, development. It's about personal development. It's also about helping students to understand that degrees are not just an end in themselves for a selfish end. And I'm not saying students are selfish, but there's a 
there's quite a neoliberal view of higher education as something that gets you a better job, better pay, a better Definitely. career. And I think what we want to underline is that, you know, taxpayers all over this country invest in higher education. It's not just the 9,000, the very expensive 9,250 pounds. <laughs> it's also part of the tax base. And there's some social contribution that we want students to understand and encourage in okay. the curriculum so that students actually come out of the curriculum wanting to engage with some of the global and civic challenges that exist. Um, so there's, there's six dimensions of the framework. It's about inspiring and innovative teaching yeah. and lots of ways to actively engage students in the curriculum. It's about being intellectually stimulating. So that's about problem solving, inquiry-based learning, research-based teaching, getting students not just passively receiving but actively engaging with questions rather than answers you know yeah. and some of them are insoluble which is part of real life um, the third dimension is really one of Bristol's USPs um, it's that we have a very rich tradition of students being rooted in disciplines but also a fantastic space opening up for interdisciplinary work and yeah. I think Bristol Futures uh, set the pathway with, for that with their open online courses, one of them, which has just won a prize, Chris Priest's sustainability one, um, but also ones on creativity and uh, global citizenship, yeah. those kind of ideas that actually we can cross disciplines and we want to encourage that. So interdisciplinary practice is part of the, we've got a, a strange dimension called disciplinary and interdisciplinary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit clunky, but, but we didn't want to lose either. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the fourth dimension is about personal development and the next one is about sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. We really want to encourage in the curriculum, not just outside in societies and residences and where students meet, that students engage with one another in classes, mm -hmm. seminars, labs, that it's not an isolating experience. And the final dimension is about global and civic engagement where students are encouraged to tackle problems in the city and begin to see how they can contribute to resolving some of the issues globally. You know, climate change is a, you know, we've declared a climate emergency. We yeah. need to actually embed in the curriculum ways of thinking about that, ways of tackling problems uh, wherever we can. So it's exciting. And, and the, the beauty of the framework is we've come up with it together. So we yeah. had seven curriculum cafes with about 200 staff members and the staff generated the ideas and then we pull them together into a framework. So I'm hoping that that period of development means that it, it, it has more ownership and certainly at Senate and elsewhere it's been approved and owned. Yeah, yeah. and it resonates with people as yes. well. And yes, yeah. yeah. It's almost like a mission statement for education at the university. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I think what, what's interesting about it is it's, it's kind of signing up to the view that education's not just an arid, technical, knowledge-based thing that they're also kind of values and human dimensions. And yeah. I think we've got to embrace those. Education's about, it's a, it's a humanizing project. And I, you know, yeah. I, think, I think we've got to work with that. Uh, yeah, and mm. it's, uh, some, 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 in some places we've lost our way a little bit with that. And so yeah. it is about bringing the, the emotion back to education. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, um, so we talked a little about what you've done so far. Do you have any, what are your plans kind of going forward for the next year or so? Yeah, so I've actually got a sort of four-year plan. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not yet, um, I'm not yet uh, East European or, or uh, pre, pre-1989 enough to have a, a five-year plan, but I've got a four-year plan. <laughs> but the four-year plan really is that we take all of our programs through the curriculum uh, framework in a really collegiate, spacious, thoughtful way where it becomes part of our DNA as something that everyone 
um, embraces and it also enables teams uh, to share their best practice because there's lots of good stuff happening yeah, yeah. in those spaces. So it's not like we're delivering a framework or delivering the ideas to them. We're actually generating a space for all of our ideas to come together in a design process where the curriculum desi- is designed as a coherent thing rather than, as often happens in many universities, in modular silos, in, or, you know, I design my unit yeah, and I, yeah. you know, we, all, mm. we, we cobble it together. And I, I'm, it's a caricature of that, but I, I actually think we want to, from the, from the start, actually help people to see it as a whole and to begin to see all the elements of it and how they stitch up into a beautiful tapestry because I think what we often have it's like those granny's blankets you know when they knit patches and you then sew them together some of the patches are brilliant and some of the patches are dull yeah (laughs) and there's a sense in which trying to make the whole tapestry be something beautiful um is is the aim so that's the four-year program underpinning that um we'll carry on for a couple of years doing Tester, which is the research-based project on assessment and feedback, which is taking a program view of how we assess students and very evidence-led and helps helps programs understand the student perspective of, of all of these assessments that are coming through different modules and their feedback. And also builds us, you know, what, what the literature is now talking about as assessment literacy for both students and staff. Yeah. Um, so we'll carry on doing Tester. We're doing it on about 16 programs this year. And I think there's quite an appetite for carrying on doing test a fast track. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so programs have said, oh, can we do this again next year? And I, I'm keen that we spread it and do it. And I think the people doing it are loving doing it. And I think people are finding it a really useful and it's quick. You know, we only mm. spend an hour with the team, but then they go away and think about stuff. Uh, and we do all the work and it's really fun. They do the work in actually implementing, but we do the data collection and the yeah. presentation of the data. And I think it's energizing for Built, actually. I think we as a community in Built are building up more and more things we do together. And, you know, your example of the British Conference for Undergraduate Research, I mean, that's been a triumph. The yeah, fact that how many, how many applications have you got now? Uh, we have had 58 applications that's for Stunning, it. Yeah. stunning. And, yeah. they're, and they're, I f- we feel bad about how many people are going to have to you know, not, not bring this. <laughs> <laughs> How many are we going to take? We, I think we've got maximum 30. We can yeah. take. Oh, that's sad. Hey? But I think that Emily's vision, your student fellow, and your mm. vision that actually we need a conference here as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or a regional definitely. conference, like a yeah. G4 conference that's a great or something. Idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Emily's setting up the, the, the journal the journal as yeah, well. And yeah. there is such an appetite with students to do research and have their research published in yeah. some way. It's really is, exciting. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. just not been tapped into before. No. Yeah. So it's yeah. huge, yeah. yeah. Okay, I love it. It's very exciting for your plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's going to keep us busy. But I think, you know, that's, for me, the excitement of having you having a bigger built team and us working together with staff over a period of time, I think, is really exciting. And it dovetails with a lot of the work that Judith's doing with HR in terms of promotion frameworks and yeah. actually setting in place uh, structures which value teaching and value teachers. And I think the more we do that, the the bigger the build-up to culture change. I've been working yeah. in Built for about two and a half years now, and just in that time I've been in Built, it's been a huge culture change, you oh. know, with a, a bigger focus on teaching. And I think yes. All the time, it's, there's momentum growing with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the whole of education services is very engaged. So yeah. for me, one of the interesting things is, in this role, working with uh, professional services and education services on so many big projects, just been fascinating and, and brilliant, actually. Re- really exciting. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you're having a good time. Yeah, no, thank you. I am. <laughs> so 
So, Tansy, we're coming to the end of our podcast now. Oh, brilliant. Is there anything you'd like to, you know, share with our listeners? Anything you'd like to say? Yeah, I suppose I suppose one of the things that's been an insight for me over the last uh, few years working at Solent and here is, and I keep saying this, and I've just been reading a book about it, is how it actually triggered for me with uh, two of your student fellows last year okay. who um, went on placements to America, to Seattle and um, McGill University. And I said to them, what, what was different about your university education in America, North America? And they said to me, ah, uh, oh, we just wrote so much more. And they said, not summative assessments. We wrote in exploratory ways all the time, every week. And really, I keep saying in fast track and in tester meetings and curriculum meetings is we really need to realize that a lot of higher education hangs on the fact that we get our students writing and thinking much more, Uh, not for assessment, but actually to go deeper in the discipline, to go deeper with the literature, to go deeper with the concept and their questions. I just think one of the consequences of these compacted modules with two summative assessments or three summative assessments has been the erosion of those opportunities and spaces for exploratory writing. And I I, I do think, uh, I was with the lawyers last week and um, one of the lawyers said to me in his uh, seminars, he's asked students to read the reading before uh, the seminar and then when they come in they have to have written 250 words about the reading and he asks them to read it out loud. And it's not, you know, it's not marked or anything. And he no. said it's just made such a difference because people are engaging so much more meaningfully mm. in the readings. I found that with blogging with students. And, I, you know, there are more and more tasks we need to do which get students deeper. It's one way of circumventing the problems of mass higher education where there's so many students, we haven't got time. I think when we get students writing reflectively and in exploratory ways, we all go a bit deeper and we help students to grow and reflect and on their learning. And I think that's the one thing I'm quite keen we press home through the curriculum review. There are lots of other things, you know, there's research-based teaching, all that stuff. Mm. But I actually think we, we, we you know, and, and for me the translation piece will be around, I do believe we can do it in STEM subjects, but how we translate those exploratory tasks into STEM will be an interesting challenge. Yeah, that, yeah. But yeah, but I think you know, I think some of the best scientists, you know, they write jottings when they're thinking. Yeah. You know, and I think we need to we need to encourage that, you know, that that writing's not a one off thing for an assessment, that writing's a way of thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the one thing, that's the sort of my my latest thinking about what we do with students and how, how we actually ramp up deep learning. Okay. Lovely. Cool. Tansy, it's been so lovely speaking to you about this, and I really hope everyone has enjoyed it as much as I have. Can we come back maybe at the end of the year and talk again? It would be lovely. That would be fab. Yeah, really exciting. Let's see if I can say anything different. (laughs) 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 Thanks, thanks, Amy. It's been fab being with you. All right, and thanks for listening.